Does everybody know what time it is? Time to use the blue sponge on the dishes and the green sponge on the counters. Uh, we have to get this place spick and span because my mother's coming over. Oh, yes, it's a lot of pressure because it's grunt work. Hello and welcome to Grunt Work all-inclusive podcast about the TV show Home Improvement. I'm your host, Truman the Donut Wheels Man Caps, and with me as always is Landon the Marshmallow Shock Absorber Man Solano. And folks, you are in a tr- for a treat today, because... because today, folks, today... listen, folks, let me keep saying folks to mask the fact that I actually screwed up the line that I was doing there. Folks, history was made in this episode wow. of Home Improvement. We really lived up to our namesake here. Uh, and when I say we, I mean you. Yes. Because you are the one that co- counts the grunts here. I, I know. Grunt work. Oh, my God. I, I, we, we sweated it. We rewound it. We counted a lot. And, folks, we have our second Can I guess? Hi- yeah. yeah oh, guess the number. I want to guess. Okay. Yeah. Second highest. I, I heard you say that. You yes. got that much out, so you can't. Yes. I can't take that back. That's my first clue there. Yes. Thank you for Second jumping highest. in and rescuing. Yes. And I remember our first highest was uh, the Christmas episode of season one. Yes. Um, no, who can forget? Everyone remembers where they were when <laughs> yeah, we did that you episode. Better Watch Out, which yes. is what it was called, which was 55. Yes. Am I mistaken on no, that? No, no, you are correct. It so was 55. So our second highest. So that's our ceiling. Uh, and it's our grunt had, ceiling. We've had a 34 grunt episode yes. this season. I'm going to go with 43. You're close. How close? Well, by Price's Right rules, you wouldn't have won. Son of a B. It's we are. This episode had thirty-nine grunts. Wow, in it. Uh, an astounding thirty-nine. Thirty-four of those grunts come in basically the first thirty seconds. Well, come in in the first five minutes within thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. Within the first five minutes of the episode, we are at like sixteen grunts, and then we get a thirty-second stretch where there is just. Grunts on, like, it's Tim and Jill and Mark <laughs> all grunting together. Mind you, we're only counting Tim's grunts, and I swear to God, if we get one more letter asking why we're not counting other grunts, I'm going to just shit. But the point is... Yeah, I like that you almost threw out some Kanye lyrics there with grunts on grunts on grunts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like I like that you thought that I know Kanye lyrics enough to actively <laughs> reference them. Um, but yeah, it's, um, like the, the grunt count was so massive for this episode that we didn't have to relegate it to the end. Like we usually do. (laughs) We had to get it right out the gate. We we couldn't talk about anything else, but this is what we talk about when we talk about grunts. It is, (laughs) it is episodes like this one. It it was so much work that we sweat a little. Yeah. Honestly, seldom do we work up a sweat doing this. Uh, except during the summertime when we're recording here, when it's a sweat lodge inside my apartment, Uh, except for nine months out of the year, uh, we don't really work (laughs) up a sweat doing this job, but tonight we did. Um, Tim had so much to grunt about this week. It did. And we'll get into it in a moment. Yes. Um, but first I want to take a second. Yeah. I didn't even ask how you're doing. Just sit right there. Oh, (laughs) um, Tim Allen is in a new movie right now. (gasps) Did you know this? Galaxy Quest 2. <laughs> One can only wish. With Oscar winner Sam Rockwell. <laughs> oh, yeah! Sam Rockwell! <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That is, let's luxuriate in that glow, too, yeah, for a second. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, no, he's in a Netflix movie oh. called El Camino Christmas. It has to be about cars. It always has to be about effing cars. I was going to say it always has to be about Christmas. <laughs> Oh, this right. guy is in so many freaking Christmas movies. Do you think this is a situation where Netflix kind of looked at the data and were like, oh, people like Christmas movies and people like Tim Allen's like manliness. Let's combine Maybe. it. Yeah, there there could be something to uh, the, the overlap, the Venn diagram overlap center there. Um, the Venn diagram overlap center for graph excellence. That's the, you know, actual terminology from Jumology? Gem- from, from Jumanji, yes. Jumanji. Good God. You, 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 everything you broke. need to know about graphs you learned when you got sucked <laughs> into a jungle board game. But uh, Tim Allen is not in one, not two, not three, not four, but five Christmas movies. Is he in six Christmas movies? He's not in six Christmas movies. Not till they make a Santa Claus 4. What, okay, well, let's not jinx that by saying it. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's an, that's an impressive number of Christmas movies. <laughs> uh, agreed. In addition to that, the director of El Camino Christmas, uh, David E. Talbert, his uh, previous movie, 
almost Christmas. <laughs> is this like one of those Hallmark things where they just like it? You know, it's something 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 Christmas, and that's what the title is. Uh, no, this is a, this is a, a theater theater movie. Oh, uh, wow. It came out in 2016. Uh, it came out in 2016. Well, the oh, oh, almost Christmas. Oh, almost El Christmas. Camino Christmas now available on Netflix. You can watch it. Uh, Nothing says March like a brand new Christmas movie on Netflix. <laughs> I'm kind of uh, curious to see. I haven't seen Tim Allen in a in a movie. I probably since Red Belt. Um, which is the Michael Mann movie that came out. Oh, right, right, yeah. Uh, I know, years and years ago. I remember I saw Red Belt in the theater. Uh, the only other person besides me and my buddy in the theater, Tim Meadows from SNL. Oh! <laughs> Just the three of us in the theater <laughs> seeing Tim Allen. I mean, Tim Allen isn't the star of it, but he's in it. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was weird. You, so you were all seeing Tim Allen at one point. <laughs> exactly, yes. Well, that is... Uh, well, so what's it about? Like, is the El Camino referring to the uh, famous lowrider car? or It is a comedy crime caper, it sounds like. Uh, about two dudes in El Camino Real, or... Is about a young man who seeks out a father he has never met, and through no fault of his own, ends up barricaded in a liquor store with five other people on Christmas Eve. Okay, well... Story takes place in El Camino, Nevada. Ah, yes, okay, so maybe not as car-oriented as we thought. <laughs> uh, but more well, Christmas-oriented than we thought. Well, okay, yeah, that's, well, that's exciting. Yeah, uh, there you go. I say, I say let's watch it right now. End of podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, but this, uh, we we watched an episode this week, didn't we? We, we oh god, did we ever watch an episode, uh, folks? Not only did we make history with grunts, but we made history with the appearance of a long foreshadowed, long insulted character. <laughs> uh, did Land we ever? Yes, Landon. What happened? Uh, tell tell us tell our listeners who we've teased so much. Uh -huh. uh, what happened this <laughs> week? Brace yourself, folks. Nana is on her way. Oh, no. Who is Nana, you ask? Jill's mother, which makes her Tim's dun-dun-dun mother-in-law. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jill works furiously to get the house in order before the arrival of her mother, and Tim is confused about what the big deal is. Tim is confused could be uh, the plot of most episodes. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, Jill explains that being in the presence of her mother fills her with anxiety because everything she says is either a criticism or at the expense of Jill, and that after all these years, her mother is unable to see that the thing she says actually hurts her. Um, and this is exemplified by uh, when Nana arrives and gifts Jill this family heirloom uh, in the form of a tea set. Um, despite the fact that Jill has always wanted this antique clock that's made her feel at home whenever their military family has moved from location to location. Tim suggests that they just talk it through, uh, being a man from a family of men, uh, having, you know, nothing but brothers. Uh, but Jill insists that that's just not how things are done in their family. Uh, but Tim, in Tim fashion, let's slip <laughs> that uh, Jill was disappointed in the gift, and uh, a mother-daughter confrontation ensues. Also, it's Mark's eighth birthday. Yep, the Mark's eighth birthday. Nope, he it has eight mean. birthdays in one day. <laughs> and they decide to throw him an Indy 500-inspired party. Which comes together on remarkably short notice. It seems <laughs> like true. in the same day they have yeah. decorations, a race car cake, and a full-on slot car racing setup. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Lots of it happening. You know, I went into this episode with high hopes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, something, something apple pie in the sky hopes. Is that from Oklahoma? I don't know. <laughs> This isn't good content. Um, so <laughs> I came into this excited that we were finally yeah. meeting Nana. It is a, a strong premise. It, it is, and it even you know there's. I think this gave Patricia Richardson some great moments to really put her acting hat yeah. on and gave just, the character some depth. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean I think we learned a lot about her family and her mm -hmm. background. We finally have confirmation that she's from Texas and. I gotta say, when she's around her southern ass mom, her southern accent oh comes out my God. a lot more. Oh, sugar. Yes, she mm -mm -mm -mm. does. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, a little bit of barbecue. Hmm. <laughs> ah, Frank Underwood, president of these United States. Um, I don't know if that's exactly a Texan accent. <laughs> no, it's not. It just kind of it just kind of moved into that direction. I have one vaguely southern that's, accent. That was more Georgian, I feel like, like uh, yeah. southern bellish. Uh, I am a bold sugar baker woman. <laughs> Designing some other women. Uh, yeah, it, it was... Um, so it, it, like, 
so much was working here, but in the end, it I feel like it almost turned into kind of a plot light episode. It was one of those mm-hmm. ones where they they show the executive producers' names, and I was like, wait, what already? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it it's a strangely structured episode in like. Kind of like in uh, Heavy Metal, where mm. it felt more like a one-act play than it did a, a episode of a sitcom, because a lot of the scenes are very extended. There's not a lot of different locations. Yeah. In fact, I don't think, outside of the, the cold open, which we should go into here in a moment, yeah. we ever leave the Taylor household. Yeah. We, we... I mean, I, like we don't go... Obviously, we don't go to another location, but we don't go back to tool time. It's all take place takes place in the same day. Yeah, uh, Al, uh, Tim only talks to Wilson once, so yeah. he only goes outside once. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's very much uh, very much a bottle episode. It mm-hmm. feels like, uh, of course, they they blew all their money building a deck in the tool time stage, which is what <laughs> happens in the cold open. The cold open, yeah, they're uh, building uh, building a deck, and they they have built a deck. Yeah. in the oh, tool time studio, that deck is deck. It's really uh, it's it's. <laughs> pretty cool they've even got a, a chair and a, a table on it mm-hmm. that tim is lounging on uh yeah and it's the typical situation where where al is doing all the work yep. and tim is uh doing all the play as tim makes some reference to sitting on the deck and enjoying the fruits of your labor and al says well you're doing all the fruiting and i'm doing all the laboring tim <laughs> it's true uh and also um tim suge- suggests that you want to make your your deck out of um cedar or another type of wood that i've forgotten mm-hmm. and al throws out the line um or poplar wood because it's very poplar <sighs> um i want to you know what i'm gonna take al al to task a little bit here oh oh okay do it do well it. i mean maybe it's pop I, I i don't know much about home improvement obviously yeah uh but uh poplar wood is an irritant uh it, it it's very rare that it has occasions of uh having a uh allergic reaction but kind of like kind of like poison tobacco or infected tobacco <laughs> exactly uh it does have like eye itchy eyes and skin and respiratory uh asthma like symptoms in people so um maybe poplar not the best uh wood to do your thing with i think cedar is probably the most popular in michigan at least so so that's that's definitive proof that what's poplar is not always what's good <laughs> Boom! Calling Mr. Shot. Um, Wood. That's da- that's Doctor Shot. Please, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go to four years of comedy medical school to be called Mister. Uh, I got this information from a website called Wood-database.com. So if you were ever wondering if there's a database of wood. There is a website for you. You want to be sure to put that dash in there because <laughs> wooddatabase.com is a different thing you don't want to see. Or maybe you do want to see and it's cool if you do. I'm going to take this one step further. If you ever wondered, is wood-database.com a book? Wood-database.com is also a book. It is? Is the book called wood-database.com? It's called wood! Exclamation <laughs> point. Now you see why I got distracted when we were talking earlier. <laughs> it's just called wood. <laughs> yep. Wow. Um, my my other option for that title would have been I've got wood. Um, but okay, that that's also great. Speak- oh yeah, we didn't go into what. What do you think the title of this episode is called? Oh man. Um, it, I, I think it would be na 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 na. Getting jiggy with it. Na, 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 na. Because Nana's here. Yeah. Again, um, a couple of years early. I, okay, look at you knowing exactly when every Will Smith song comes out. 1997. Jesus Christ. Okay, wait. So he... Wait, Postman in Black? Uh, no. That, that, that sound... Or that album had Men in Black on it. Oh, that was Men in Black Concurrent. Okay. <laughs> yes. What, what was this episode called? Um, you could have went na, 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 goodbye. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but it was called or na 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 Batman. <laughs> this was called Much Ado About Nana. <laughs> okay, I feel good. Like the fact that they at least used the same kind of pun that I was trying to go off of means <laughs> that like my dart hit the outermost ring <laughs> of the thing. Yeah, you got like a three out of the, the yeah. Yeah. Whereas the most of the other times, the darts are hitting like the wall or other yeah, bar patrons, smashing uh, the light bulbs above the dartboard. Exactly, yeah. and they have a one hundred year warranty on those light bulbs. <laughs> Callback. Um. <laughs> so anyway, Tim is up on the desk. 
on the desk, on the deck, uh, talking about how his mother-in-law is coming to visit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how this really ties into Dex. Oh, no. He makes a fat joke about his mother-in-law. That's how it ties in. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And Al's the one that brings up, well, you know, your mother-in-law is coming. Yeah, so you have to cool down on the jokes. And so... uh, you know, that introduces that concept. Tim is stomping around on the deck to demonstrate the strength of it, and he hits a loose board, which knocks a can of sealant up into the air, which Al calmly and coolly catches. With one hand. Yes. And and it reminded me of the Canby construction outtake where Tim lets the go of the bowling ball, ball and, they, and they do a bunch of cool tricks with yes. it. Um, so kind of that. Uh, a thing that's normally heavy, which is clearly not a heavy prop. <laughs> Cartoon yeah. physics that we're living in. <laughs> and then they throw a hole onto the wall and jump through it, and we go into the opening credits. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We actually do a board flipping into the screen transition. It's a totally different cartoon <laughs> bit. And then for the theme credits, oh, I, have, I have two notes here. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> the first one is, um, Truman is getting nervous whenever I type notes during the theme song. It's like he... <laughs> It, yeah, it's like it's like I can tell that you're you're always finding new things to discuss. <laughs> I just found it really funny, and I just started typing because I wanted you to get nervous about me writing notes during the theme song. Um, Mission accomplished. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I noticed something about Brad. Okay, the way that he looks at the camera, uh, and by the camera I mean us. Yes, is his reaction is like he spots you, and then he sees something about you, like you have. Uh, spinach in your teeth, or mustard stain on your shirt, or it's not hanging out of your nose. Are you trying to send me subtle hints right now? You gave me three really Brad, disturbing things. Brad is. Yeah. And it's like he 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 locks eyes with you, sees the thing, notices it, and internalizes it to himself, and then looks away very politely so he doesn't have to actually acknowledge it. It's, it's the equivalent of accidentally making eye contact with someone else at the urinal, and then you're just <laughs> immediately looking for anything else. Exactly, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Um, okay, okay. I'm, I, you, you know, every time I think that we can't squeeze any more blood out of that stone. We got uh, six more seasons, buddy. A little, just, there's always a little more hemoglobin in there. Um, so, and then the opening credits after they end get sucked into Jill's dustbuster because she is frantically cleaning the entire house. I knew staring at that dustbuster a few episodes ago was gonna come into play somehow. They're, it they're, just felt important. They're telegraphing them to you. You've got you've got a real kind of like Sherlock Holmes slash monk sense about like <laughs> I guess monk couldn't I'm thinking of more of a minority report situation. Monk couldn't predict crimes before they happen. But you've got one of the you you're one of the minority reports, you know? Where you can just see <laughs> transitions pre-cogs, before yeah. they come. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I'm pretty sure they were called Minority Reports. <laughs> That's why the movie's called Minority oh, Reports. Oh, got it. My bad. <laughs> because at the end of it, Tom Cruise is made an honorary Minority Report. <laughs> so Jill is freaking out, cleaning before her mom arrives. What, my awesome Minority Report yeah, bit no, through you? No, yeah. Uh, she, and, and, you know, she's telling the boys and Tim, oh, don't walk through here, take your shoes off, careful, everything's clean, I've just mopped everything. And, uh... Tim is, you know, Tim is kind of saying, hey, you know, calm calm down, be mm-hmm. easy here. And Jill is talking about how just, you know, she's very uptight about when her mother comes around. She, A, wants everything to be perfect, and B, she gets very self-conscious because her <clears throat> mother will never miss an opportunity to tell an embarrassing story about her right. to everyone. Which her mother doesn't realize actually hurts Jill's feelings. Yeah. And Tim is saying, well, why don't you tell your mother this? Why don't you communicate mm-hmm. with her? And she says, oh, we just don't do that. That's not how we do things. It also comes out in this scene that uh, Mark is turning eight. Yes. He's the birthday boy. Yes. Um, interesting. Yeah. And he and he says that he wants to... Well, honestly, he doesn't really express any preference, but then Tim decides for him that, yeah. that he wants a race car-themed birth, birthday. Completely throwing out the lessons we learned last week where uh, maybe don't impress upon your kids the things that you like, the tastes that you like, and completely disregard your wife's tastes and interests and let the kid choose for himself. I really would, like, that that idea that you pitched on the Be Kind Rewind podcast about Mark turning out to be gay and feeling like he can't live that truth <laughs> is really coming true here. Maybe he wanted a Swan Lake-themed birthday with some maybe. of those Swan Lake cookies that they talked about. <laughs> or maybe he wants a, an Indy 500 thing and still turns out to be gay. Who knows? Yeah, you know what? Hey, plenty of gay people like race cars. But so they they come up with this idea for oh we're gonna have a race car cake and all of that and mm-hmm. it's it's during this discussion of the uh, race car themed party that in describing the cake in describing the decorations and accoutrement of the party Tim starts grunting and then stops 
and says, everybody grunt with me and as a family. And they all start grunting. <laughs> yeah. And that just uh, really goes off the rails. Yeah, we, we, uh, oh man. Which we've already covered. Yeah, I mean, we, don't, like, we don't need to, yeah. Unless you want to, you and I grunt as a family here. <laughs> okay, so try and count those assholes and see how easy grunt work actually is. <laughs> oh yeah, you sit, you sit there listening to our podcast like, oh, anybody could do this. No, it's actually difficult. Uh, I actually heard recently, you used the word accoutrements. Yes. Uh, and I heard recently that it's actually pronounced accoutrements. Oh, really? Is it? But no. I felt like I was being punked when I was being told that. Yeah, I think you were. Yeah, I think you were talking to like a phantom Fraser because that's not uh, that's not the real thing. Well, I, if anyone knows the right answer, I am very curious what that is. Accoutrement. It's like accoutrements. I mean, I know what it is. I want to know what the actual pronunciation is. I mean, I I said accoutrement because I was trying to sound as pretentious as possible. That's kind of my niche on this show. Sure. But um, I think it's. I, th- I think it's pronounced with a very soft T on the end. I, th- I think so, too. That's what I've always said my whole life, but I've been told accoutrements. So just to clarify, if anyone was, like, itching to correct us, uh, I'm preempting your correction and asking instead for your input. I'm going to do a very specific shout-out to uh, original grunthead Scott Kersey and ask him to please let us know, <laughs> is it pronounced... <laughs> accoutrements or accoutrement. Uh, so whenever you listen to this, it'll probably be in a couple weeks after we do this episode, uh, just 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 pass it along on Twitter. So then we get the doorbell. Yes. Ding dong! And which fi- finally interrupts the grunt hell that we were in. <laughs> and and it's like, oh God, Nana's here. Uh, Tim says, oh, I gotta better widen the door to let her in. Yep. And goes running to the door and Jill goes off trying to clear up everything uh, and make it look like she wasn't cleaning. And Tim opens the door, and... In walks... Nana! Nana. Hey, we finally said a word together! (laughs) Uh, And uh, big plot twist, Nana is rail skinny. She is... I mean, I meant rail like a rail. I wasn't, like, doing a weird accent trying to say rail. That exact thought went into my head. She's roll, roll skinny, you guys. That time time I was. (laughs) Um, And Tim... Would you call her a stick boy? I would not call her a stick boy, no. Although you, could, I could see where Mark gets it. It's, it's, it skips a, the stick boy gene skips a generation. Got it. Um, but and so Tim sees that his mother-in-law, the woman who gave life to the mother of Tim's children, has lost a significant amount of weight. And Tim very tactfully says, "Oh, where's the rest of you? Are you coming in shifts?" <laughs> and here is the first of my problems with this episode. <laughs> It's just, yeah. like, it wasn't okay. Like, already coming into this, I was wondering, like, how are they going to treat this woman who Tim has made just endless mm-hmm. fat jokes about for the entirety of the show? It really is, like, you know, we've spoken many times about Norm's wife on Cheers, or even Al's mom. Like, yeah. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I see your your point about uh, <laughs> Tim's uncoofiness. I'm going to use that as a word. Yeah. Webster's hit hit me up. And how he deals with that, but I think that if you're going to bring that character on the show, she has to be that way. It has to be in complete opposition to what she's been set up as. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm fine with I'm fine with her having lost the weight. Mm-hmm. I and I'm fine with that being the thing. I'm just not fine with the fact that like I guess again, it's a sitcom. We're watching a '90s sitcom. I don't know what I expected, but for Tim to just like be in in her face, making yeah. jokes to her about about. Something so personal and so fraught. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get personal and I'm gonna get fraught here. I've lost 90 pounds in my life, and I actually don't mind so much what Tim's doing here. It's, yeah. it's making jokes, but it's not at her expense necessarily. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to see someone after you've lost a lot of weight because yeah, yeah. people are so touchy. I find people are touchier talking about somebody else's weight. Uh, than they are about, like, if I were to talk about my weight, uh, more people are more uncomfortable to hear about it and talk about it than I am. Yeah. Um, so it's almost kind of, like, refreshing to have someone deflate that tension. Okay. Uh, so it, he really didn't bother me. If he was, like, making jokes at her expense about being skinny, that would be a different <laughs> yes. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, like, 
I, I feel like it's empowering a, a little okay, bit. Okay, okay, okay. No, 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 that's that's good. Finally, we find something where we come down on different sides. <laughs> so, okay, well then, but then, so so try this on for size okay. then. She comes in, uh, they're talking about how much weight she's lost, and she explains that the number one motivator for her to lose so much weight was that she watches Tool Time and has seen every single fat joke Tim has made about her. Mm. And so they're kind of laughing about the fact that Tim has spent three years fat-shaming his mm-hmm. mother-in-law to the point that she embarks on a crash diet to lose a huge amount of weight. Yeah, okay. That 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 one also that one also gave me some vapors a little bit. It it got a little too real yeah. I, in that moment. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. Um, I, I mean, too real for a sitcom. I think the, the reasoning behind it is legitimate. Oh, but yeah, yeah. But for her to just, like, blatantly go, hey— you were being a dick. Uh, you made me feel awful, and now I have <laughs> perhaps an eating disorder. Uh, who yeah. knows? Yeah. Uh, you said crash diet. Maybe that's true. She said she did say, "Hey Jill, I've got uh, a, oh. <laughs> a card in my purse. Uh, you know that I can give you that has the diet on it. Yeah, it's, it's very re- easy to follow. It just takes a little willpower. Yeah. And based on the uh, reaction shot we get from Jill, that that goes over like a lead balloon. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me take a moment here. Yeah. Character actor corner. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. have to talk about Polly Holiday. Polly Holiday. That's yes. a good name. Or Holiday. Are you familiar with her? No, I'm not. But it's a hell of a name. She played a character named Flo on the TV show Alice, and its spinoff called Flo. <laughs> you may be more familiar with her as the butt. Uh, not a butt. As the as a reference in a '90s comedy that was way too outdated for anyone who was the target audience of the movie. In the movie Dumb and Dumber, yeah. they're at the diner, yeah. and he stops the waitress and goes, Excuse me, Flo? Oh. I remember seeing that growing up, and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know what that is, but yeah. I'm the target audience for this movie. Yeah, I never I never understood why he said that either. It's a reference to this. She plays So she plays Flo, who is a waitress in this uh, sitcom named Alice and Flo, oh. respectively. Uh, but she's also been in Gremlins, uh, The Parent Trap, oh, and one of my all-time favorite movies, All the President's Men. Re- she was in All the President's Men? She was in All the President's Men. She has been around for a very long time. Uh, that is not a comment on her age, but... <laughs> but she but she also is old enough to play Jill's mom. Yeah. Uh, but wow, you know, we get, they get some pretty distinguished female character actors yeah, on absolutely. that show. She there played was... Dardis' uh, secretary in All the President's Men. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. So, you know, like a... a couple lines but still yeah still. still wow man yeah she i mean she's she certainly brings a lot of like kind of big screen gravitas yeah. to this role yeah absolutely you can feel her experience uh and and in her performance and when her and jill are both on screen at the same time it's really it's crackling yeah There's, it totally is this episode has fewer laugh lines in it because so much of it centers on jill and her mom having having these discussions and i think the dialogue there is good it's not necessarily funny yeah no but it's it's, it's well written yeah and well performed yeah yeah, yeah I, I would i would sure. agree i would agree uh we skipped over a very interesting fact um that jill's mom lives in texas yes and tool time is a syndicated cable access tv show in michigan yeah uh that she gains access to through satellite television do you think that Tim built his own satellite and launched it into space? And then he's not George Clooney. It, he's not, and I think you mean Billy Bob Thornton in the Astronaut Farmer. <laughs> no, I mean George Clooney, who's using his Nespresso money to oh. send up a spy satellite. Oh, to keep an eye on Darfur. Yeah, so he says. <laughs> um, Okay, well, I, I still, I, okay, well, the astronaut farmer is a similar idea. The astronaut <laughs> farmer is basically a piece of home improvement fan fiction, I think, <laughs> that, that gained sentience and became a movie. I love it. Uh, it gained sentience and then lost it when it transformed back into a movie. Written by the grunt creep. Yeah, yes, yes. Who, who gets his comeuppance in this episode? <laughs> Yeah, I know, he gets, the grunt creep is starting to inch on screen at the beginning. He just it, creeps in a little bit. And then it bounces off of a two-by-four and goes, wah, back off screen. <laughs> sometimes, hey man, sometimes the grunt creep loses. Yeah. Uh, so, the, so yeah, she reveals that she has been watching this show on satellite. In Texas. Uh, in Texas. 
and that she's been telling everyone that her son-in-law is Al, which <laughs> dun, 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 dun. could have been, could have been in. Well, made in a tease us, Owen Bruman. Yeah, I know. Well, hey, I mean, if we if we get the revival I want, that's going to be the, the case. <laughs> um, then the kids come downstairs. Yes, they're all excited to see Nana. She and she, you know, has them all. You know, she's got this whole military deal where she yeah. has them form up and salute. And and they basically do the thing they do in the theme credits, which is yeah, <laughs> rearrange themselves for five minutes. Yeah, until they're in uh, height format but I, I noticed that mark is like going through a growth spurt and is just as tall as randy now i know it, he looked bigger from one episode to the next like yeah, last episode he seemed like a little boy yeah uh, i guess they probably didn't shoot these in exact sequence so mm-hmm. it could have been a longer period there do you want to cover what transpires between jill nana and brad <sighs> i'm so, this is this is mind brain dude this is it this is so yeah uh, so she has a little comment for each of the boys as she hugs them. When she sees Brad, it's like, oh, Brad, you're so big and handsome now. I'm, you must. How many dates are you going on every night? And Jill says, oh, he's too young to date. And they're completely retconning the last year and a half. There's a Jenny Sadarsky-sized elephant in the room. <laughs> Uh, disclaimer, Jenny is not in the room, but, but like, what, what, nor is she as big of an, as an elephant. No, certainly not. Certainly not. Well, I mean, maybe a baby elephant, but even then, I guess there's like girth matters and weight. <laughs> so no, j- let's not compare people to elephants. But yeah, she, she says, she just kind of brushes this away and mm-hmm. nobody thinks to challenge it, even though they were talking about Jenny giving him cologne in the last episode. Yeah. I just, I hope that this isn't how they end the Jenny-Brad relationship, just with a whimper in the night. <laughs> uh, well, it could quite well be. We're, we are gearing up uh, for the end of the season. Yeah. You know, Jenny is not a consistent presence on this show, so uh, who knows? Oh, man. We'll find out. Well, that, now there's a cliffhanger. We'll only find out, like, five episodes down the line where we go, wow, there has been no mention of Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, maybe Jenny and Lisa get on the same slow boat to China. Um, so, anyway, Jill has, before Nana arrived, has forced him uh, not to take sides in any discussions or disputes with her mother. And so, whenever there's kind of a fraught moment between Jill and her mom, or whenever, like, they are disagreeing about something, and they look at Tim, Tim always just says, I have no opinion. And, and <laughs> right. it tries to extricate himself from the scene. Which is what Jill coached him to say yeah. uh, before Nana even showed up. Yeah. Um, By the way, it's it's weird to me to say Nana. I've never, that's not what I called my grandmother. No. Uh, it's, I, you know, I never called my mother mama, ma, you know, it's just no. like, Nana feels weird coming out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. Uh, every time I say it, I'm afraid that I won't be able to stop saying it, <laughs> which is kind of what I did with my title ideas. Um, so, and something, that, so she, uh, Nana has the boys go out to the car to bring in some of the gifts that she's brought for everyone, and mm-hmm. she tells, uh, she tells... Jill, oh, I've brought, I'm cleaning out the house. We're moving into a new condo. I brought you some things. Oh, no, Tim, you don't get the box. There's fragile things in there. I don't want you to break it. Yes. And so she she goes out to, to help the boys move the stuff in. And Jill gets very excited that, oh, she's going to give me this antique clock that, that we always, you know, that we had in every house we lived in growing up. Yeah, this is the first of her, like, uh, forays into the more dramatic territory, explaining uh, the dynamics of their family being in military and always having to move around. And she says, you know, in this very kind of, I was really moved by this speech where she was like, you know, whenever we kept moving, but we had this clock that made this this noise. And I knew whenever I came home, no matter where we were, I would see that clock and I would feel like I was at home. Yeah, yeah. So it's got this enormous significance to her. And mm-hmm. she's so excited to, to to get this and donna comes in with her box full of stuff and she's her calling brad fred i think yeah <laughs> she's just like thank you fred and we, we yeah we looked at each other it's like is there a, is there another boy is that the boy who they got rid of and they exchanged for mark yeah maybe um also, is that stinky's real name was he outside helping <laughs> well stinky would be in texas if he's in oh, fact george w bush <laughs> yeah right uh she's also gotten uh she's gotten mark a drum set for his birthday so the boys take this upstairs mm. and tim goes seriously nana drum set do you hate me and she goes yes <laughs> <laughs> with just the perfect amount of i can't tell if you're joking or not <laughs> I, I can see where jill gets her feistiness yeah. from because nana definitely is a take no shit funny incisive woman who nonetheless married a colonel in the military right. so she's probably you know used to holding her own in a very manly environment yeah absolutely so they bring in the box they open the box 
and she pulls out the clock and Jill is very excited, but then is less excited when it turns out the real thing that she is getting is this old tea set that her mm-hmm. mom wants to give her and that the clock is actually going to one of her other sisters. Named Robin, who we've met, played by Amy Ryan. Oh shit, that Robin. <laughs> oh man, she, but she comes back, right? Amy Ryan? Amy Ryan comes back. Well, I, mean, I don't know. She, she we'll comes find back out. on the wire, but I mean... Uh, <laughs> I mean, she does exist beyond home improvement, if uh, that's the question. She, clearly. Okay, but so, yeah, Robin is getting the clock. But so Jill is, you know, and then once again, uh, uh, Nana finds an excuse to leave the room, which I find... I, I, I'm watching a lot of three-camera sitcoms at the moment. I'm watching this, <laughs> I'm watching Cheers, and I'm watching Frasier. And Good what Lord. I, I know, I know. It's 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 a lot, but I'm I'm managing. But what I notice is that a, a common occurrence on all of these shows is a person walking into a room saying two big things and then finding some excuse to leave that room again and then coming back in and then leaving the room again. Yeah. Particularly on Frasier, which relies heavily on farce. But there's always kind of like, oh, I just got here from a long trip. I'm going to use the bathroom. Comes back out of the bathroom after five minutes. Oh, so good to see you. I'm going to go in the kitchen for ten minutes. It... <laughs> It just it gives the the scene energy, and I think that that's almost necessary when you have these super long scenes like this. You oh, need sure. to keep things rotating in and out of the scene in order to make it feel like there's a transition from one scene to the next. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, Nana goes off upstairs, and uh, Tim and Jill are talking, and Jill is very upset that that her mom doesn't understand the significance of the clock to her, wants to give her this tea set that is meaningless to yeah. Jill. And she is kind of grousing to Tim about this and talking about, like, well, where does she get off losing all that weight and coming in here being so thin? I mean, and saying the house looks nice. What does she even mean by that? <laughs> and so internalizing this is just eating Jill alive. Yeah, and Tim is so freaking confused. Like, and this is where he starts to bring up, like, why don't you just tell her yeah. what, what's bothering you? Tell her you want the clock. Yeah. What's the big deal? And she's like, I can't do that. You don't, we don't do that in our family. How do you, how would you do that? And Tim's like, just say, I want the clock. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, Jill is just saying, no, absolutely not. I'm not going to talk to her about it. Don't you say anything. Um, so, and then in the next scene, they're making the cake. Jill and Nana mm-hmm. are making the cake and Tim is around. Yeah. The, uh, a, a race car shaped cake. That, yes. Uh, you know, per the indie theme. Yeah. Uh, party they're doing. And, and I mean, there's so they're already, you know, Jill and her mom are having a dispute over how how to make the cake because Jill is insisting on having donuts for the wheels. Her mom is insisting on marshmallows for the wheels. <laughs> I think it's obvious chocolate donuts much better wheels. Oh yeah, but donuts have holes in them in which you could place the marshmallows. Oh, yeah, yeah, marshmallows would be like little so hubcaps. The, the peppermint that Jill was saying for the hubcaps. Oh, uh, could go in addition to the actual. Uh, I think I'm just saying there's a compromise. I, I'm just saying I don't think peppermint really like what goes it, with donuts. Well, like in the middle, because like also when you're trying to cut it, that's not gonna, if they're peppermint like hard mints, you yeah. can't get a knife through that as easily. Whereas marshmallows, that's a much better textural Agreed. experience. Plus, marshmallows are just delicious. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna have to think about this for a while more because on the other hand, <laughs> textural contrast is what dessert is all about. So maybe that'll that'll like add something to it, having the, the hard mints in there among all of the soft cake dough. Plus, and you got to think of aesthetics as well. I mean, uh, having... What if you did, like, a, a, the spokes coming out of the hubcaps, going around the thing with a little bit of frosting? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could just give a very general pleasing uh, appearance to the viewer. You know, and what I'm what I'm realizing is we never even see the finished cake. <laughs> it's true. Son of a bitch. They set us up. It's like... It's like cake teas. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Pornhub yeah. channel <laughs> it's, it's it's for some fetish where people really like seeing someone being offered cake and then having it taken away at the last second <laughs> I just have one little bite on a fork and I keep almost putting it in my mouth and then not <laughs> a million thumbs up or upvotes or whatever you know whatever whatever people do to rank videos on Pornhub <laughs> lord knows I wouldn't know um, watch my gold show <laughs> so I actually eat the cake <laughs> for ten dollars i'll eat it <laughs> that's the that's the money shot is you eating the cake <laughs> exactly uh so well i mean like everyone wins there you get some cake they get some, okay this has taken us down a disgusting road in our in our in our kinky cake sports car uh <laughs> kinky cake corner <laughs> anyway there's this dispute between them about like whether they're going to do marshmallow right. wheels or donut wheels tim starts to suggest that the marshmallows could be shocks 
Uh, but he gets a frosty look and says, I have no opinion. And he quickly goes outside to see Wilson. Yes. And, um... Wilson has made a, a birthday present for Mark. <sighs> yes. Well, Landon, when you when you turned eight years old, mm-hmm. what, what was the thing that you wanted most for your birthday? Oh, man. Um... Probably the Terradrome. An Terradrome? Ter- <laughs> the Terradrome. Oh. From uh, G.I. Joe. Oh, yes, yes. Or eight years old? No, no, it would have been Nintendo. The first Nintendo. That's okay. That, yeah. So, okay, Nintendo, that sounds like a fun thing. Yeah. Kids like it. Yeah, I love Easily it. accessible. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. So, imagine if instead of that, your neighbor got you a an authentic Chippewa Native American Dreamcatcher. Mm-hmm. I would have looked at it and been very awkward mm-hmm. and then put it under my bed i would have kept it sure because i'm sentimental yeah uh but you would have liked wilson but you also been like what are you getting me this what for? am i what am i gonna do what do i do with it i you know i we made dream catchers in in one of my classes when i was in elementary school mm-hmm. and i i had it hanging over my bed for a good long time that did not stop the night terrors that I frequently get and have had my entire life. Yeah, but it did capture all of your uh, dreams and pursuits, oh. which is why you're doing a TV uh, a podcast about home improvement rather than oh, man, see <laughs> being more successful. That's 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 how the Native Americans are getting us back <laughs> because I I legit was most likely living on land that had belonged to Native Americans before a bunch of dickhole white people showed up and took it. So they took my dreams instead. Yeah, there you, you know? go. Hey, man, I'm from Detroit. Yeah, you know, okay. A, but you, you're smart enough not to put a dream catcher over your bed. You didn't walk into their into their <laughs> trap. It's very true. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, uh, Tim gets this dream catcher from Wilson and then is talking to Wilson mm-hmm. about, you know, ah, oh, God, why won't Jill just communicate with her mom? What's mm-hmm. wrong with her? You know, in my family, we always communicated. And Wilson explains about how women have complicated relationships with their yeah, mom. That they try to separate themselves from their mothers uh, from basically the moment that they're born. Yes. And, uh, you know, Tim is Tim is saying, well, that sounds really dysfunctional. And, you know, why, why won't they, you know, why, why can't they just talk? Like, what if I just step in and, and help them figure everything out and, you know, teach them how to communicate? And Wilson says, oh, no, Tim. Oh, no, 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 neighbor. <laughs> uh, have you have you got the exact quote? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't know if you did. I was trying to type it up, but he was talking too fast. He was. So it's something like, throughout, throughout history, many truths have passed from man to man, but none more true than when mother-in-law visits, man stays in garage. <laughs> and it feels like a little obtuse advice from Wilson. Yeah, it's like, uh, really, Wilson, you know every dynamic between <laughs> every mother-in-law and her son yeah right um but all the same tim goes back inside and just makes a beeline for the garage figuring yeah okay you know what in tim's case is probably accurate and also uh, that's the only and maybe place... that's why wilson knows that yeah and also tim it's a safe bet to say that tim just always wants to be in the garage yeah, anyway right. I, it, so yeah it's a win-win yeah uh did you notice I, I noticed this in the last episode uh forgot to mention it but i did notice it here too so it seems like it's something they're just doing uh they have like lowered by maybe a fourth of an inch one plank on the fence uh, so that we can better see Wilson's face. Yeah, I, I feel like, and also they've narrowed some of the slats, so we see less of his face. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, th- that that fence has undergone some uh, some modifications <laughs> over the years. Maybe Wilson can't fit his hand through it anymore. Yes, but he can fit something else through it. His fingers. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that did, did never make that noise. <laughs> So Tim goes inside, and he goes into the garage, mm-hmm. and and Nana intercepts him along the way, and is saying, yeah. "Oh, oh, Tim, I, I just wanted to talk to you about something." Tim, and he he just Stone Cold is like, "I gotta go to the garage. Just gonna be in the garage. Go into the garage." And like he he keeps her on the one side of the threshold as he's like shutting the door in her face, yeah, very slowly, very yeah. rudely. I would say, "Oh yeah, Tim being if rude." Huh? Did that to me? I'd be like, "I do exactly what Nana did, where he's just just." Kick the door open. Yeah. She's like, yeah, no, that's not going to work here. Yeah. And she's saying, oh, well, Timmy, I just, I feel like, you know, Jill's upset about something. I feel like there's a problem and I think I know what it is. And Tim is trying to work on the hot rod and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah did you guys talk? Yeah. Yeah. And she says, well, no, but a mother can tell. And, well, I, you know, I think there's problem. I think Jill is upset because you guys are having intimacy problems. And if there's one absolute truth on this show, we know Tim might not be able to do it for long, 
but he can do it. He 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 has he has intimate he has intimacy problems after the first ninety seconds, yeah. but but not like but that first ninety seconds is there. That's <laughs> or as he puts it, I'm still happening, <laughs> <laughs> which is not. The sexiest way you can phrase that, but I guess no. You don't but want... you are talking to a mother. In yeah, law. yeah, yeah. That's that's probably not the person you want to pull out your Fifty Shades language. Yeah, with. exactly. At eight p.m., eight thirty p.m. on ABC. That that is actually though that is the last line of, of Fifty Shades Freed is just I'm happening. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so Tim hearing this suddenly can no longer keep his silence mm-hmm. about what the real issue is. And so in kind of this conversation, he reveals to uh, Nana, uh, well, no, it's just Jill. She just wants, she wants the clock. She yeah. doesn't want the tea set. She, the clock means a lot to her. She wants the clock. And, and Nana says, oh, well, why didn't she just tell me? And Tim says, well, I don't know. That's what I'm telling her. You guys need to communicate he, more. He, he does one of his uh, uh, miscommunicating Wilson's advice moments here because Wilson says that he had read this book. Uh, and Tim mispronounces the book title and uh, I had a note here that quickly unraveled because I thought it might have uh, contributed to the pot theory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's disproven by many other episodes, but maybe Tim gets his advice wrong because he's getting a contact high. <laughs> and he forgets half of it by the time he gets back. <laughs> Wilson the pothead. <laughs> And that, uh, yeah, you know, and that's why I remember in the last episode, Tim was like making a bunch of frozen French fries at one point and yeah. stuff like, see, so maybe he comes in with the munchies yeah, and, exactly. uh, and some new perspectives on life. And, you know, uh, I'm just thinking back on old episodes. Wilson has been known to be burning leaves uh, on his barbecue. Leaves. <laughs> it's all a metaphor. Yeah. Or he's just trying to cover another smell. <laughs> um, so. Sock chores and gars. <laughs> Which are actually filled with weed. <laughs> and they call it Tim's Sock Drawer OG. Because they can't call weed normal things. Uh, so, from from this from this revelation, we cut to the party. Mm-hmm. The uh, extremely... Mark's birthday party. Yes, Mark's... If you've yeah. forgotten that that's happening. Yes, not the Peter Sellers movie, The Party. <laughs> uh, but it's... Uh, yeah, they've got checkered flags up all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's kids... They They have a full slot car racing table set up. Yes. Like the Indy 500. Yeah. Cluster of kids around it racing slot cars against Tim. Tim is getting uh, his clock cleaned repeatedly Mm -hmm. by a little Asian girl who is just really good at slot car racing. Her name's Tiffany, and she's played by an actress named Paige Tamata. And if you recognize her, you might know her from a little movie called The Santa Claus. (sighs) You know what I have to say to that, Landon? What? You say tomato, I say tomato. (laughs) Maybe racist? That's not racist. No, it's not. That's okay, just wordplay. Uh, well, it's okay. just no meaner than any other play on someone else's name. She is a she's a really good actress. I was very impressed by uh, her performance. Yeah, I agree. Like, and her not taking Tim's shit and yeah. just racing against him. So, do you think that this was her audition for the Santa Claus? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I mean, as we see in the outtakes, which we'll just cover now. Yeah. Uh, Tim is a bit of a cocky jerk to her. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's his way of apologizing because in the Santa Claus, uh, she's you know not that much older. It's like a year or two from now. So mm-hmm. like maybe maybe her parents complained and he needed like pat patch over some some bad feelings. So he's he- like, you know what? I'm doing a movie. Well, I got a roll. That could be good for her. Yeah. Why Why not, you know? So anyway, the party's in full swing. Everybody's having a great time. And then uh, Tim, uh, not Tim. Tim doesn't do anything. Tim is racing stock cars. Tim, as soon as he tells Jill's mom that, that Jill's actually upset about the clock, Tim stops having a roll on this episode, aside from <laughs> racing slot cars. It's true, yeah. Uh, so out back, and I imagine that's how every narrative plays out in Tim's house. <laughs> it's like, I, all right, I'm done. Just gonna go race slot cars now. <laughs> that's all he's doing in like the inside of his mind at any point. It's not a hamster in a wheel. It's a slot car going <laughs> exactly, around. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so outside, mm-hmm. Jill and her mom are working the barbecue. Yep. And Nana just lets it out, like jumps right into it. So you want the clock, huh? Or so, like I heard you want the clock. Yep. And tells, you know, the, oh, yep, Tim told me about it. And they have this kind of terse back and forth a little bit about that. It's, it starts terse. It starts a little passive aggressive, but it, it really opens up. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like by the end of it, you know, they aren't passive aggressive. They're actually communicating. And 
you know, what transpires here is kind of interesting uh, in terms of Jill's character because um, so often is the case where, like, we find out that even when Jill is wrong, she's not willing to admit it or, you know, mm. she doesn't have to admit it to Tim or whatever. Um, you remember when she does the Southern Belle thing and falls on yeah. like, oh, Tim, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, but here she says, you know, I really wanted the clock. And Nana goes into this speech about, like, when you were a kid, uh, I wanted, you know, I wanted you to have this tea set because when you're a kid, we sat down and we would, we would have tea time and yeah. we would you know i give you some cookies but i would tell you that they're uh trum- trumpets <laughs> that they're strumpets crumpets and crumpets good lord uh listen a strumpet is actually a form of prostitute i think you would know that and fraser has left the building strump Tr- crumpets crumpets oh good lord <laughs> She says that uh, we had tea time and, uh, you know, I would give you cookies, but I would call them crumpets or, uh, you know, but then when dad came home, you would say, oh, we had tea and puppets for <laughs> for lunch. Uh, and, you know, so anyhow, she explains the story of why the tea set means something to her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really interesting thing to see Jill still needing to learn a lesson in life. Yeah, uh, yeah. That is so not often the case, and I can't imagine it's going to be much of a case moving forward. I think there's like one episode per season where Jill learns something, yeah. and 23 per season where it's Tim. <laughs> uh, and Jill's reaction to it is so real mm-hmm. to me. You know, because she kind of like, she hears it, she internalizes it, and accepts it, but still acts like... You know, uh, in in a jokey way, the kind of like, but I, you know, now I want them both. Yeah, <laughs> I want you know the clock and the tea set. It, it's like they have this moment of real kind of uh, you know intimacy between them, emotional well, emotional intimacy, folks, and uh, they they kind of share about this, and then Jill's mom, after saying all this about wh- mm-hmm. what the tea set meant to her, it's kind of a pause, and she just turns around and says. Well, take whichever one you want; it doesn't matter to me. And it's just like kind of like okay, and the walls are back up, and we're yeah, back right. to our normal thing, but we've. We learned this, and we had this exchange. Yeah, it's right. Very real. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, can go. So, I mean, this is basically like that's basically the last scene, short of. Yeah, I do uh, have the, one more note. Yeah, I would. I've got that, a couple more. Th- yeah, which is they better give Wilson his goddamn hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're torturing him now. With all, they're always grilling out there, and he never gets any. That last time when she like offered him a hamburger and went inside with it before giving it to him. Oh my god. Now, now they're just tormenting him, but with the smell of meat, which sounds disgusting to me. But yeah, well, t- don't worry. It sounds it sounds Good. extra delicious to me. There we go. So the the thing that I will say, I I, I liked this. Mm-hmm. Like I liked these moments with her and mm-hmm. her mom. What pisses me off about this episode, though, is that it's like. Jill has told Tim, please don't get in the middle of what's going on with me and my mom. My mom and I have a certain relationship. Please don't meddle in it. And Tim is. Tim doesn't really want to stay out of it, but he he stays out of it. Tim talks to Wilson about it. He's like, I just really want to get involved in this. I want to get in the middle. And Tim says, oh, no, 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 neighbor. No, you should absolutely never do this. This is a wrong thing. Every voice of wisdom in the show has told him, don't get in the... Like, it's a difficult dynamic between mothers and daughters. Don't get involved in it. And then Tim gets involved in it and passes this information along. And I'm not saying... Like, I'm not saying it should have been a bad... Th- like, I'm not saying Tim should have been punished. I'm not yeah. saying it was the wrong thing to do. But th- we don't get... Like, th- this never comes back on Tim at all. Yeah. Well, he gets served divorce papers in the next episode. Oh, good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> but and- I-, I hear what you're saying. And it- that was my qualm with last episode, where it's just like... Uh, Tim kind of comes to some sort of realization, but he's never really held the task for... There's no consequences to his actions. It is, yeah, like, this is a very delicate situation that it, that involves a lifetime of baggage for his wife, and he just kind of glosses over it when his, when his mother-in-law suggests that his dick doesn't work. <laughs> to be fair... That, that's a really succinct way to put this episode. She was also out of line suggesting his dick didn't work, so I guess True. it's a two-way street. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I hear you, man, and, uh, I, I completely agree with that, and we're in agreement. As, as usual. <laughs> another, another great episode of the McLaughlin Group comes to an end. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it's gonna be on my gravestone someday. That we are in agreement, so we agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, our stinger is, uh, Tiffany beats Tim again at the Indy 500, and Tim is so frustrated that he... 
he can't beat this little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, you know what? We'll do one more time. This is for all the marbles. Uh, but I think my my uh, remote control car's motor's burnt out. And so he picks a, he's like, I, I picked a secret one yeah. from underneath the table. And he says to Randy, I put the Dustbuster motor in it. And More Dustbuster coming back around. <laughs> I knew it was going to be important. Um, it's got all the power of the opening credits that it sucked up. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe Brad is instilling uh, these precog fonts into us every time he looks at us. Yep. Yeah. So, Tim, they start the race again with this more power motor, and they go around one curve, and then vroom, it goes flying through the the window. And, and yeah, smashes a hole through the glass uh, you know window of the French doors or whatever. And then uh, Jill and her mom both walk over to it and both bend way further over than one would need to to look through the hole in the glass, which kind of, kind of, like, given that it's a piece of glass, they could have looked through any part of it. So I don't know why they had to throw out their backs to look through this hole. And being someone who threw out their back, bending over to wash their face in that same exact motion recently, uh, why take undue risk? Which is which is why we're here to tell you don't bend over just ever just stand completely upright better posture. <laughs> this episode brought to you by orthopedics. Just what? in general, the, the entire <laughs> general. field of orthopedics. Um, so I think the only thing we have left is yeah. to just make a very quick detour to Pam's corner. Oh my god, we haven't gone to. Yes, our, our super quick theme song for Pam's Corner. <laughs> uh, so, as you know, Pam's Corner, now we are discussing what Lisa might be up to fictionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some Because th- she's not on the show. Because she's not on the show. Uh, well, technically she is, but she's not. Uh, <laughs> so in last week's episode, uh, I'm, I want to continue with some of the continuity that you established, Land. And last yeah, well, week, do a recap of what we did last week. Previously on Pam's Corner, <laughs> previously in the imaginary B-plots we're writing for this old show, uh, Lisa wound up getting promoted to be the CEO of Binford Tools because she is actually one of the seven daughters of Mr. Binford. And so she kind of uh, pulled some corporate espionage and shivved her way to the top, outpacing all of her other sisters, and then instilled her sister Maureen as the producer mm-hmm. so in in my episode of pam's corner lisa is still the head uh ceo honcho whatever of binford but as she's learning the ropes of the company she discovers something disturbing oh boy uh the the new the uh newest line of binford sports balls that are being manufactured <laughs> have a uh have a production defect that when they uh when they are thrown a certain way they explode on impact oh, due shit. to defective rubber being used in them. Vince McMahon would love that for the XFL. Great. So <laughs> shit, sorry. <laughs> so she no, this is perfect though. She wants to initiate a recall, but the company's board overrules her, saying that it'll cost more to recall the balls than it will to pay out settlements. A classic Ford Pinto situation. <laughs> so Lisa is disgusted by this. She doesn't know what she's gonna do, but uh in the end she has the idea to cut a deal with Vince McMahon to use the Binford Sports Balls as the official balls for the XFL. You know what? I'm gonna plead the fifth and blame Brad for instilling the precog in me. I, I know, man. You I didn't know that you were a minority report too <laughs> you're like the kind of like like i didn't know that minority reports could also predict bad jokes coming around the pike <laughs> this, i love i love that my imaginary off the wall sitcom is still so formulaic and predictable that you can guess where it's coming from <laughs> oh this has truly been the saddest pam's corner they've ever done is oh god <laughs> That's the and that's also the XFL theme. <laughs> um, maybe maybe that's what grunt work becomes after uh, Home Improvement is done. Is if Vince McMahon ever does successfully relaunch the XFL, uh, we we do that grunt work. We do the the XFL work. Yeah. I mean, because they they grunt on XFL. Oh, okay. Well, they, and they're talking. They're also talking about bringing back it because XFL. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, okay. Well, yeah. Then it seems I think our whole niche as podcasters is we start talking about something that we think isn't relevant anymore, and then it becomes surprise relevant. <laughs> yeah. So we we aren't following the career of Tim Allen. We're following the career of grunts in general. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, grunt work is very literally about the art of grunting through the years. <laughs> I would say grunting experienced a renaissance in the '90s thanks to this yeah. show. But there's so much, there's so much more story to be told. And army training, we're gonna have a really interesting season. Oh, <laughs> years yeah, years on the line. Yeah, and I can't think of any other grunt puns or gruns. 
Do you have anything else for this episode? No, I don't. Let's let's right. let's shoot it in the head. Uh, the show notes for this episode will be posted on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is uh, how you get notified for uh, each new weekly episode, unless you are actually on like a uh, podcatcher, which will just you know our episode will appear there. So. Um, but if you join our newsletter, you get really cool exclusive content like our Pam's Corners, um, trivia, mm-hmm. uh, news and updates if we're on other shows, cool links, all kinds of stuff. Uh, sign up there on our website. Uh, also, you can follow us on all the social media places, which is at GruntWorkPod. We're also looking for uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes uh, as we're coming up on our end of the season spectacular, and we would love to read some on the air. Yeah, get or them in not. There. If you don't want, if you don't want to leave us. Uh, a review that will be read. Uh, put a code word in it. Yeah, but don't tell us what the code word is. <laughs> Let us guess what the code word is. Yeah, we'll read it on air and then go, "Oh shit," and then edit it out. Put the code word in the review. We'll read it on air. If you hear us read it on air, then email us telling us what the code word is, and we will send you a lovely apology. <laughs> Just like the Ford Pintos. Yeah, exa- exactly. Well, unless unless it turns out the apology is more expensive, then, well, you'll figure it out. <laughs> um, uh, if you need any more enticement for rating and reviewing us, just remember that every time you do, we won't fat shame your mother from several states away. <laughs> or to her face. Yeah, yeah. We, we will just be total gentlemen. I, you know what? I'll even send your mother a card. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get a little too friendly with your mom, if you know what I mean. Well... By which I mean I'm going to send way too many cards. <laughs> They're only a dollar. It's Trader Joe's. Oh. Just cards in general? Just cards in general. Okay. So there you go. Um, I guess with that, I've been Landon Solano. And I've been Truman Caps. And this has been Grunt Work. That was me kissing my fingers, not Landon. <laughs> <laughs>